Well, happy Sunday, everybody, and those watching at home, again, happy Sunday. As I mentioned earlier, with the candles and all of our talk, we are in the Advent season, focusing in on hope, the joy, and today, the love that Christ came to give us, the love that compelled Him to come to the earth and then drove Him to go to the cross to die for us. And it was out of His great love, because of His great love, that Jesus, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, humbled Himself. Humbled Himself. And such humility has never been seen, nor will ever be seen. Humbled Himself in ways beyond comprehension, so that we might be redeemed, saved, adopted, and have eternal life. So this morning... I want you to consider, and I want to consider, three ways that the sovereign king of the universe, the creator of all, the Lord of lords, humbled himself for us. And in doing so, I pray that God light a new passion of love for him to see that God would do that for us, that we would fall in love with him deeper and richer this morning. So first, I want us to marvel at this. You have your notes with, with you. I want us to marvel at the love which caused the Creator to become a man. What humility, how humbling can that be for the one who spoke and there were universes and planets and stars and, and, and everything who spoke it all into existence, that powerful to at a certain point decide, I'm going to become one of them, the creation, in order to save them. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Speaking of Jesus, the Word. And He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. And the Word became flesh. He became a man and made Him made his dwelling among us. I've heard of comparisons. Some, some have said, well, it would be like us deciding we love those ants down there. <laughs> and those ants have messed up and they have sinned. And so and the only way to save them is, is I have to become an ant to save the ants. Well, that is just a poor comparison because it's that times 10 million. The Creator humbles himself to become one of us. Chose to step into our world, to leave the splendor of heaven, to fully experience not only the joys, but the hurt and the pain that we live in. He experienced the limitations of humanity from the moment he was born until his death. What must that have been like for the Creator to be a little baby? Ah depending totally on his mother. What must that have been like? He experienced hunger, thirst, fatigue, the full spectrum of human emotions. And he was not just partly human. He was human. He was tempted in every way as we are yet without sin. And the humanity of Jesus is not just an historical fact, like it happened then and that's good and I'm glad that he did and, and he needed to in order to save us from our sin. He is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God 
as a man. Have you thought about that? He was resurrected bodily. And he is now in heaven bodily this, with his resurrected body. So he not only did that for us, he every day is interceding for us, the scripture says. He's talking to his father, saying, saying Father, uh, uh, you know what Debbie's going through right now? Uh, I, I get what she's going through, Father. Uh, yes, she's doing that because, Lord, I w- Dad, I was tempted that way. He's interceding for us every day. He says, I know what Susan's going through. I know what feels, I, I know what I felt it. I was there. I know what it's like to be betrayed. He's there for us. We have a God in heaven who understands and he gets everything we're going through. And he will. And he does. As we navigate the complexities of our own human existence, we find peace that God, because he once became a man, understands now everything that we go through. Wow. It'd be different, wouldn't it? If you were just praying to a God who, who didn't understand anything and, and was holy and never, never was tempted, but to pray to Christ who knows. I find such comfort in that. So, his love caused him, caused the creator of the world to humble himself, to become one of the creation, to become a man. And more than that, let's marvel at this, that the king of all became a peasant. The creator came as a man. Well, okay, but he could have come as, as like the ruler of everything. He could have been born to Caesar's daughter. How about that? I mean, if you're going to humble yourself, don't go t- too far, God. I mean, come as a man, that's enough humility. But, but at least be born in a palace, at least have all power, at, at least be the Caesar. No. There are depths of his humility that he went to out of love that cause us every year at Christmas when we see the story of this manger and this peasant girl and and the whole story to say, oh, you would do that, God, for me? He didn't choose for his mother a queen. He didn't choose the daughter of a rich man. He chose a young girl from a small town. He never chose flashy. He chose humble. His parents, Joseph and Mary, weren't rulers of anything. They didn't have a whole lot of money. They didn't give orders. They had to take orders. And Jesus would growing up as well. Like all the other commoners at the time, they were told they had to leave their home. They had to travel to a big city for a census count. And let's read the story of how it happened. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph, he had to obey just like every other commoner, like every other peasant. He couldn't decide if he wanted to, no matter if his wife is pregnant or not. <laughs> I'm sure she wants to stay home. I'm sure they want the baby to be born in their house with mom and everybody and the midwives. But, but the, the law says, I got to go, I got to go. So they travel to a city filled with travelers. 
who had come to report for the census, and because they were poor and common people, they were out of options. They couldn't just give some money, some payola. Hey, take this money and give us a really nice room. They had no money to pay off anybody. They had no power to kick anybody out of a room. They got to take whatever life gives them, and life gives them a barn for their baby to be born. A manger, which is a sweeter word for a barn, Mary gives birth to Jesus. She wraps him in cloth, places him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Jesus came into the world in the most lowly way. I wasn't born in a barn. Were you born in a barn? I had a hospital at least. How about that? You know, some nice sanitary place. But but God himself born that way. Why would you do that, God? It was all intentional, all intentional. He wanted to relate to not just men, but to the outcast, to the poor, to the disenfranchised. What a God he is. If you've ever felt poor or outcast or disenfranchised, you have a God who understands how you feel. He chose to feel it with you. The king of the universe, out of love, humbled himself. And his love is not reserved for the elite, but it's accessible to all people. And then he did one more thing. The creator became a man. How humiliating. He became, the king became a peasant. Oh my goodness. But one more act of humility. The holy one came. To redeem sinners. Now he never knew what it was like to be a man till he became one. And that's humbling enough. But the holy God. Whose eyes are too pure to look upon evil. The scripture says. Becomes a man and he's surrounded by evil. (laughs) This is a holy God who. I mean now he's around it everywhere. He's hearing all the language you have to hear every day. Blankety, blank, blank, the blankety, blank, blank. He's watching people hurt each other. He's watching blasphemy happening. He's watching every manner of evil perversion going on. The holy God is here. And though he never sins, he's subjecting himself to live among it every day. Does it bother you to hear all those things every day? Does it bother you sometimes in your spirit to see all that sin going on every day? What must it have been like for a holy God to see it every day and to be tempted by it, yet resist every temptation and never give in to it? And he does it to save you and me. Is that kind of God worthy of love? Is that kind of God worthy of you following him? Is that kind of God the one that you should give your heart, your soul, and your emotions to? Your attitude, the Bible says, should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Yes, he did. A man, a creation, the poorest of men, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, 
And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. Yes, he did. We get to heaven. We'll see him there. And gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. And, and, and it will. Every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There are some deep connections between the way Jesus died and the way he was born. And again, all of it, God in the upper story orchestrating events so that we would know he was born in humility out of love for us. And he died in humility, in disgrace because of us. So let's think about it. Let's think about all the parallels between the birth of Jesus and the death of Jesus. And how all of it and the life in between was humility out of love. At both his birth and his death, there was darkness. How about that? He was born into this world when it was dark, and as he's dying on a cross, it becomes dark for three hours. He was born into a dark world. He, the light of the world. And then the light of the world was extinguished on that cross until the third day when he rose Again, at both his birth and his death, his body was wrapped in pieces of cloth. At both his birth and his death, he had no other clothes. He came into the world as a child, and his only clothes were pieces of cloth wrapped around him. And as they took him down from the cross, they wrapped him with pieces of cloth again. At both his birth and his death, there was a man named Herod there. At his birth, it was Herod the Great. And Herod the Great wanted Jesus killed. He heard the story of the, the, the wise men, the magi, saying a king is born. And he talks to people and says, where is he going to be born? And he goes there and he kills every boy two years and under. Then Herod dies, but his son, Herod Antipas, takes over. And he's there at the death of Jesus. He's the one that Jesus, they send Jesus to see, and Herod is consenting to his death, sends him back, says, I want nothing to do. But could have intervened, could have saved the life of Christ, but, but he's involved in his death like his daddy was involved, trying to kill him when he was born. At both his birth and his death, there was worship. Once at his birth, it was real worship. Wise men came from a long way away to worship and brought gifts. Shepherds came from the field to worship and bring gifts. At his death, it was a mocking worship. Hail, King of the Jews! At both his birth and his death, some wise men were there who recognized who he was. You know the story of his birth. It's the three wise men coming from afar. They saw his star. They bring him gifts. Wise men knew who this was. But at his death, we only hear of one wise man. He is a Roman centurion. And he said, surely 
This man was the Son of God. At both his birth and his death, there were Jews and Gentiles there. At both his birth and his death. Because Christ came for the whole world. For the whole world. The people of God were now going to be people who were Jew, yes, but now Gentile. Now people from every kindred and nation and and tongue and tribe. At both his birth and his death, he was hailed as a king. But again, once in earnest and the other to hurt him and make fun of him. In earnest, when he's born, he's the new king. Here's the presence. When he's dying, hail, king of the Jews, to try to bring hurt and pain to this wonderful son of God. At both, there was an honorable man named Joseph there. Isn't that fascinating? At his birth, there's an honorable man named Joseph. Who is he? He's the stepfather of Jesus. Uh, He's not his dad. His dad is in heaven. But he marries Mary. He raises this young boy as his own son. He's an honorable man. You've got to be an honorable man to do that, do you not? To to marry this woman who's who's pregnant, who says it's by the Holy Spirit. You've got to have some faith there. Marry this woman, raise this child. But at his death, there's also an honorable man named Joseph there. Joseph of Arimathea, who begs for the body of Jesus at the risk of his own life, takes Jesus down from the cross and puts him in his own tomb. At both his birth and his death, the chief priest and the scribes were involved to some degree. And at both his birth and his death, he experienced humility and vulnerability. His birth, we've talked about how humble it was, surrounded by animals in a barn. Do you know what animals do? They, they go potty. Are you, are you aware of that? If you ever worked around animals, they go to the bathroom. So you might think about a sanitized little barn. It's not a sanitized little barn. There's, there's urine smell and other kinds of smell. It's a dirty Funky place for the Son of God to be born. At his death, he's surrounded by criminals. A criminal on both sides of him. And he's hung there with no clothes on, naked for the world to see. The shame and the humiliation as his mother's watching all of this. He was born that way. He died that way. The manger was the ultimate foreshadowing of the life of Christ. The birth of Christ signaled the very start of a journey towards selflessness and sacrifice for the sake of humanity. He was born to die. He came to the earth to offer himself as the perfect lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. And on the cross, he experienced The wrath of God upon all the sin of the world. Christ was content with a stable when he was born so that we could have a mansion when we die. Wow. The servant love of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. 
Worship team, would you please return? I want to read to you the lyrics of uh, a hymn. The hymn is called Down From His Glory. Down from His glory, ever-living story, my God and Savior came. And Jesus was His name, born in a manger to His own a stranger, a man of sorrows, tears, and agony. Oh, how I love Him. How I adore Him, my breath, my sunshine, my all and all. The great Creator became my Savior, and all God's fullness dwells in Him. What condescension, bringing us redemption, that in the dead of night, not one faint, faint hope in sight, God, gracious, tender, laid aside His splendor. Stooping to woo, to win, to save my soul. Without reluctance, flesh and blood, his substance. He took the form of a man, revealed the hidden plan. O glorious mystery, sacrifice of Calvary. And now I know thou art the great I am.